she, my wife, doesn't want to, and I, I'm quoting her, offend the neighbors by firing up the hog at roughly 3 a.m. You got a loud one like it. So it is. So if I start it. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 612 on Wisconsin's Morning News this Thursday morning. Now, tread lightly here, Brandon, because you're going to get your wife involved in this. I don't know if she's up, so I think we're good. Oh, we're good? That's, we I we talk so. freely? Yeah, I think so. Usually she texts me, you know, we had a fight in the middle of the night last night, but she was on my side of the bed. She thought it was her side of the bed, so that was an argument oh, okay. we had. So we're, Just we're to off let to, you know, it's yeah, hers. We're off to, I know, we're <laughs> off to a good start here. So you're a Harley Davidson rider. I am. You love your bike. You love like it. to be out and ride. Love it as much as I love my kids. But we get up pretty early to come in here to work. We do. So yeah. you don't ride to work. You bring your, I see your big old pickup every morning. Well, that's the debate in the Snide household What's right the now, Vinny. She, my wife, fairly new neighborhood. We moved there in September. So coming up on a year. Doesn't want to, and I, I'm quoting her, offend the neighbors by firing up the hog at roughly 3 a.m. You got a loud one like it. So it is. So if I start it, <laughs> oh, this is where I'll side with her. If I have it in the garage and I start it up, it shakes the house. If I take it down to the road, though, right? Oh, okay. Or if I leave it on the road and sure. start it in the morning, it's you know, it's it's a motorcycle. So my question for you and and for the listeners is, what is the the unwritten rule here for a motorcycle? I've never had a job where I had to leave my house at three a.m. Yeah, and, man. And now, I, you know, it's irritating because we wait seven, eight months for nice weather. I walk out of the house this morning. I'm already in a bad mood because it's 70 degrees outside. And I'm looking at my Harley while I get in my truck while gas is $4 a gallon. Yeah. Well, you have a, a legitimate on. economic claim there. You also have a cultural claim. This is Milwaukee. Yeah. So that probably factors into the equation. I mean, if you're doing it some other place where there's not a culture of riding. And we maybe. don't live like our houses aren't on top of each other. Like okay. there's space. We're in Caledonia. There's space. So it's not like I'm living, you know, the neighbors can hear me start up my vehicle every morning. But if I'm on the road, I, I feel like that's a, you know, a good enough distance, a, a good enough, you know, appreciation for the neighbors to start it up. And and it's quick, you know, start it up and I'm gone. Do you know the neighbors? Can you ask yeah. them? What do you can think? Can you beat hey. them up? Steve is one of my neighbors. Steve is a neighbor. He's a listener of the show. So he's probably listening right now. He, he would probably say, let it, you know, start it up. I put it on Facebook because I like to, uh, you know. You know, poke the fire with How my wife every down? now and then. Ninety-five percent of the people, and there was over fifty comments, said start it up and go. Could, you wouldn't ride it every single morning, even though it is summer, right? There's just so I would. <laughs> well, what if it's going <laughs> to rain I, though? If I could, yeah. Like I'm saying, okay. if I could, I would, because it's we, again, we only get what three, four months out of the yeah. year to ride. Well, to so, jumpstart the conversation, this one in the old National Bank talk and text <laughs> line. Who cares, America? There you go. There we go. Six fifteen. Brandon Snyder, Sports Next. Whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. 
time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After dropping Game 1, the Milwaukee Brewers bounced back on Wednesday night to beat the Toronto Blue Jays. This one by a final score of 4-2 to in Game 2 of 3. Thanks in large part to Wisconsin's very own Owen Miller. Line drive, left field, pulled into the corner, a fair ball. That's going to drive them both home. Over to get it is Varsho. Throw to second base, not in time. Owen ahead first dive. It's a two-run double. Josh Maurer with the call right here on WTMJ. As Miller drove in two runs in the Brewers' call on closer, Devin Williams to secure the team's 29th win of the season. The Brewers currently holding a one-game lead over the Pittsburgh Pirates in the National League Central. Julio Tehran got the start for the Brewers, and he was fantastic, tossing six scoreless innings and allowing just four hits. The Brewers will look to take the series later today. First pitch is set for 12.07. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ beginning at 11.35. Over to the NFL, where the Green Bay Packers continued to block two of their organized team activities on Wednesday. One of the players turning heads early is that second-round pick tight end Luke Musgrave. He's a really, really intelligent player. I think every time he goes out there, if he, if he makes a mistake, he definitely he hasn't made many of the, the same mistakes twice. And he, he continues to show progress every day, and certainly he's, he does have an elite trait that he can flat fly, and he's, he's a big, long target. So we're, we're really excited about him and the progress he's made up to this point, and we've got to continue to push him. Despite the excitement around the rookies, Matt LaFleur and company know with a new quarterback and a younger roster, there are still many challenges ahead for his team. Well, I think we're, we're just very young at certain spots, and so for – you know, putting together specifically the offense has been a challenge in terms of, you know, just towing that line in terms of what is too much and what is enough to, we call it, you want to have enough ammo going into a game in order to keep people off balance and whatnot. Lastly, the NBA Finals are set to begin tonight in Denver as the Nuggets get set to host the Miami Heat in the best of seven series. Tip-off between the two teams is all set for 7.30. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers joins us live from Washington on the debt ceiling legislation. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. The debt ceiling compromise legislation on its way to the U.S. Senate on a bipartisan yes vote in the House, bill which would raise the nation's debt ceiling into 2025 in exchange for a Republican wish list of spending limits and other deficit reduction initiatives. Passed with majority support, from Democrats and Republicans. It was 314 to 117 if you're scoring along at home. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers with us live from Washington this morning. So, Karen, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. More Democrats voted in favor yeah. of the bill than did Republicans. Uh, you know, there are certainly hardline no votes on both sides. But when mm-hmm. you consider the president was initially saying he wouldn't even negotiate on the debt ceiling, how are Republicans not seeing this as a win? Yeah, it was interesting to see those numbers, Uh, you know, to have 75 Republicans vote against it, many saying they wanted deeper spending cuts. And you're right, out of that 314 to 117 vote, you had 165 Democrats in favor of it, more than the 149 Republicans. It was a question that was put to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy late last night by colleagues. And, you know, he said, look, is it everything I wanted? No. But with the House uh, controlled by Republicans, a Democratic Senate, and as he said, a Democratic president who didn't want to meet with us, 
he thought that this was pretty good for the American public. But I think it is going to be a big question for him today and going forward. You know, a lot of the postmortems now on the House version of this, of what this means for McCarthy's speakership going forward. And was he able to put down a conservative revolt or is it just starting to bubble over? There were some really upset conservatives over this. But again, McCarthy kept saying we weren't going to get everything we wanted. We passed that bill, but it was going to go nowhere in the Senate. So we had to have a compromise and concessions here. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers with us live from Washington. All right. So what happens next door? When do you see the Senate taking this up and how does it break down? They've already started the processing of the legislation. They've got four days now to get this through and get it to the president's desk for his signature before that X date, when the Treasury Department says the government would run out of the ability to pay its bills. Uh, But now the question is going to be, you know, the trickiness of amendments. If any senators put forward amendments, it will gum up the work, slow things down. Doesn't mean it's not going to pass. It just means the process might take a little bit longer. Mitch McConnell uh, and Chuck Schumer have both said they want to get this done as soon as possible. It's Thursday. They would really like to be out of town and home for the weekend and get this passed by tomorrow. (laughs) That deadline always helps, doesn't it? Always helps. What do they say? You can smell the jet fumes in the air on Capitol (laughs) Hill sometimes at the end of the week, and things tend to get done faster when it's Thursday or Friday. (laughs) Karen Travers of ABC News live with us this morning. Thanks, Karen. Thanks. Uh, Mike Spaulding with us this morning as well. He's in for Eric today. Uh, How did the Wisconsin delegation break down on this? So eight members of Congress from our state. Yeah, we had three members voting no. Both Democrats, Gwen Moore and Mark Pocan, decided to vote against the measure. Republican Congressman Tom Tiffany joined them in in the no vote. The rest of the Republicans from the state of Wisconsin, Vince, did vote in favor of the measure. And in politics at its finest, I was just reading through some of the emails of the statements of the elected officials. Yes, because you get the statement on why I did what I did. Of course. So Mike Gallagher votes on historic spending cuts and common sense reforms to grow the economy. Meanwhile, Mark Pocan's office labels it as Pocan votes against GOP hostage taking debt ceiling bill. So we just have some (laughs) political rhetoric at its finest on the, uh, the debt ceiling. But that goes to my opening question to Karen. If you have a Democrat saying it's so bad, it's hostage taking, there's so many GOP wins there. I'm curious about the hang-up for some of the Republicans on this. It, granted, just as Speaker McCarthy said, didn't get everything that Republicans were looking for, but got a lot. I think this is an instance of you have the loud minority here. I mean, all we heard about, whether it was from Democrats or Republicans, over the past, what, three weeks they've been talking about this is how terrible it is. While meanwhile, they do kind of find, of interest, kind of, find it kind of interesting, easy for me to say, that you have these traditional people who hold power like a Kevin McCarthy, a Speaker McCarthy or President Biden, who are able to kind of round up enough votes and enough support in between the margins to be able to pass something like this. And you have uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer feeling optimistic about its prospects in the Senate. Karen's other point uh, is if you have uh, hardliners on one side or another who start throwing all sorts of amendments in it, trying to get those amendments to be part of it, you don't want to pass an amended bill because then that has to go back down to the House for approval. Two identical versions have to pass. So with that deadline looming, that would make it real challenging if anybody gets an amendment through. Well, and we're still a ways away from this, too. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a prolonged uh, situation through the Senate because, as you mentioned, this is not a split Democrat-Republican issue where normally sometimes these bills we right. see where it's like, well, I made it through the House. Okay, well, the Senate, they're going to vote for sure because they're going to support the president, where in this instance— I'm interested to see what it looks like. I'm interested to see what it looks like when it makes its way to the floor of the Senate, because I don't think it's going to look like what it looks like right now. 
at 641 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Just heard back from Kristen Kershane. I texted her earlier this morning, hoping that she could join us uh, later in the show. So we'll have her live with us at about 835. I want to talk a little bit more about those pop-up showers and storms that are in the forecast. And most of us here in southeast Wisconsin, if somebody said, oh, yeah, it was thunderstorm and bad yesterday, like, what are you, what are you talking about? It was beautiful. But there was a line of storms that bubbled up, like that's why they call them pop-ups. They just kind of, they didn't come from like some system. There wasn't a front coming through. They just sort of bubbled up because of the warmth and unstable atmosphere and all the moisture in there. And then they just sat there, Mike. Southern, was it Southern Waukesha County? Parts of like North, Northeast, uh, Walworth County as well. Got some real, I was seeing videos on Twitter. I couldn't believe that it was today. I thought like my algorithm was screwed up, but... No, it poured and hailed in, in high winds. There was a line that actually dipped into Jefferson County and then went all the way up north with a few breaks in it up near Green Bay for a while in the afternoon. I pulled up a tweet from Brian Isnansky. He's got the 215 radar check here. Nice line of storms is fired up inland. They'll likely stay inland, feeding off the warmer air. Some locally heavy rain is possible. I even saw a, uh, was it a flash flood warning that came through for one of our communities as well. So just that's real. And if you're wondering, you know, like, oh, I thought they thought it was going to be nice today. That's what the, that's what the uncertainty and the pop up and the chance of means in your storm team forecast. So it, it certainly felt that way too yesterday with the humidity. We have like those two weeks where it's warm but not humid. I fear that we've we've passed them now. Yeah, right. And then you know, a lot of folks compare it to what happens and. Many of you have places in Florida or visit there often. You know, in the afternoon, it just gets too much for the atmosphere to hold that moisture. You get some of those quick storms, and then they move on out. The one thing that was a little bit odd that I'm excited to ask Kristen about is these kind of didn't pop up and dissipate. They just sat there for a while. Yeah, a substantial amount of rain. rain. Sometimes those pop-up storms, as you mentioned, you get rain for 25 minutes, a little bit of hail, and it's gone. This was an extended period of time. The rest of us looking for a little bit of rain on the lawn. I was did begging for it. In, I was right? begging for it yesterday because it's just a little bit east. And you can see it, right? I'm, you know, yeah. I'm in Greendale, so I'm looking to the west, and the dark clouds are there. I'm like, just can't get here. Six forty-four. Brandon Snide's got sports next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. After dropping Game 1 on Tuesday, the Milwaukee Brewers bounce back on Wednesday to rebound and beat the Toronto Blue Jays by a final score of 4-2. Julio Teran got the start for the Brewers, and he was fantastic, tossing six scoreless innings and allowing just four hits. The first-place Brewers will look to take the series later today. From Toronto, first pitch is set. For 12.07, our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ, beginning at 11.35. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. Green Bay Packers are entering a new season, and they are going with Jordan Love as their starting quarterback in 2023 after sending off Aaron Rodgers to the Big Apple in April. Over the past weekend, photos emerged from teammates hanging out with each other in Door County, enjoying some sun and some time off, a rare occurrence with a quarterback spending time with his teammates in Green Bay. The Green Bay Packers are also on the practice field this week with their new starting quarterback, who is actually taking live snaps with his team. Another rare occurrence. In other words, though, everyone has seemingly moved on, except, to no one's surprise, Aaron Rodgers. The four-time MVP made headlines again, as he usually does whenever he talks, describing his exit from Titletown again for whatever reason. 
Rodgers went into detail on his failing relationship with Packers general manager Brian Gutekunst, his quote-unquote cell phone reception, or the lack thereof, why he wanted Goody fired, and of course why he ultimately wanted to be in New York. My question, though, is why are we doing this? Why, Aaron? Why are we talking about things that happened years ago? Did the Packers not pay you enough? Was $150 million not enough? Did they not sign enough of your friends who were clearly past their primes and only took up roster spots just to make you happy? Aaron Rodgers is like that significant other you break up with and they have to constantly tell everyone that they're doing much better without you when deep down inside they know they miss you and they need you. It's time to let it go, Aaron. Move on. You're New York's problem now. It's one of the coolest traditions in college sports. Others have tried to emulate it, others flat out ripping it off, but the tradition of playing jump around at the game was born in Madison at Camp Randall Stadium. The story behind it just won our teammate from ESPN Milwaukee, Jen Lotta, an Emmy. This brings the whole stadium together for two and a half minutes on a Saturday, jumping around in unison, cheering on their badgers. Jump up, jump up and get down! This is the story of how jump around became the best tradition in college football. Jump, 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 jump! I now introduce Emmy Award-winning sports journalist Jen Lotta live with us this morning. Congratulations, Jen. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, guys. I'm sorry I wasn't here last week to, to hang out with you. Um, I was under the weather, but it is so nice of you to mention it. And um, it was so... I can't even explain. Like, you're sitting there, you're waiting, your category's coming up. We stepped out into the hallway because a couple people before us had been up in the balcony at Jazz at Lincoln Center when they won. And it took them so long to get down <laughs> that they just moved on. They were like, we accept this award on their behalf. And so my producer oh. and I were like... No, 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 no. That no, ain't no, going to be us. No, 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 no. So we went out into the hallway. We went down to the lower level. We were watching it on a television, and they're going through each of the um, uh, nominations. And then you just wait for that syllable, right? That first syllable that is going to indicate that it's you, right? So for us, it was college game yeah. day, right? So you hear the, and you're like, yeah. So we like, you know, rolled out onto the stage and um, it was really, really something you you sort of you disassociate a little from your body in that moment. You sort of like are like floating above your body as the award is handed out. So it was really cool. And as I told you guys, I really wanted to win. Like we worked really hard on that story. There was such a pretty symmetry with it being a story on Wisconsin. Jump around a team that I covered, you know, 15 years ago when I first started at Fox 6. So like I loved that there were all of these like dovetail moments moments with this. Tell us a little bit more about the story. And for folks who don't know, uh, you can text the word jump to the old National Bank talk and text line jump to 855-616-1620. We'll share the story with you. But uh, you basically explain how this tradition started and a lot more people involved than one would think. So, yeah, it's former players, which I think I love about it even more. Like, some of these traditions start by a marketing team or, like, just symmetry. You think of, like, like Tom Petty, um, you know, with Florida and him being just a Florida native and things like that. I but, think a lot of them start as an accident, though. Some guy plays this, it worked, and then we just stick with it. But there was, this was thought out. Right. And so the, the guys got together at Wando's. Everybody knows Wando's up in Madison. <laughs> so they're sitting at Wando's, and they're basically, like, pumping bucks into the jukebox, playing songs, and then seeing what ones get a reaction from the crowd, which again was like a middling crowd. We're not talking about like 10 p.m. on a Friday. We're talking about in the afternoon. There's like a handful of people there. But they said when they played Jump Around on the jukebox, 
people got excited. There was a dramatic change in the energy of the bar. And so they put it on the list. They submitted it to the athletic department. And then they're playing in this, again, huge game against Purdue. Drew Brees, who obviously, you know, is a, is a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. And Drew Brees is throwing the ball all over the field. And Fletcher picks him off as they head into the fourth quarter. And then there's this, like, just, like, symmetry moment of them hitting the button and playing it. And the student section erupted. And then they did the next game, and then the next game, and the next game. And then what a lot of people don't know, we didn't get to weave into our story, guys, was how when they did the renovations at Camp Randall, they weren't sure that Camp Randall could sustain the bouncing from jump around. So they put it on pause, and people, like, revolted, got super mad about it. We're like, what the (laughs) hell? Where's our jump around? And so once they got the new stadium in, they had all of like the support systems in place, they knew they had to bring jump around back and it has been a tradition ever since. You know, another part of that story too, which and it was was so cool, but when it when it really I don't want to say it jumped the shark because it's still cool. When something jumps the shark, then it's not cool anymore. But like another development of that story is now the visiting teams who come in and you see them on the sidelines and they can't wait for it either. Right. Well, it's Pavlovian, right? <laughs> it's Pavlov's dog where you play the bell and he starts <laughs> salivating. You play jump around, you want to jump around, and that extends to the visiting team as well. Of course, you're like, should you be jumping around? Now you're like involving yourself in the Wisconsin tradition. It almost seems as though Wisconsin and gets a mental edge when they've got the opposing team jumping around headed into this pivotal thing headed into a pivotal quarter of the game so yeah it's uh, it's really cool uh we had everlast that was able to make his first trip to camp randall back in november i, I know a lot of people were at that game it was cold it was rainy pancake was there greg hill our producer oh yeah but, but he had a great time and like that i think also made the story was his involvement in it uh, again, the story uh, from Emmy Award-winning sports journalist Jen Lada is available for you. Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Text the word JUMP to 855-616-1620, and we'll send you a link to that story. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, guys. Have, a, have great a great day. Show Thank you. That song changed my life. Thank you, Brian and Eric, for uh, putting me on that playlist. <laughs> Business headlines are up next. Here's the Milwaukee Business Journal's Rich Kirchin. General discounts are a thing of the past at Kohl's stores and Kohl's.com. The retailer shifts to clearance events and promotions targeting specific merchandise. While other banks close branches, Chase Bank expands in southern Wisconsin. Metro Milwaukee sees new locations in Delafield, West Dallas, and Shorewood. A new convention hotel is a possibility as the city of Milwaukee seeks proposals to develop a site on Wisconsin Avenue across from the Wisconsin Center. The site has been a surface parking lot for decades. I'm Rich Kirchin with MilwaukeeBusinessJournal.com on News Radio WTMJ.